Hi, this is Laura Palatin. I am so glad that you're here for this particular episode because it's really important to me. I actually re-recorded the whole thing because when I listened to it, I felt like I failed to communicate the most important message, which is, while rituals may seem like they're for other people or for everyone, they're really for the individual who is performing the ritual, right? And it's for that person individually. So I'm going to be talking about rituals and ceremonies, but the takeaway from this is how do they apply to you personally? So as I talk about rituals and ceremonies, my hope is that you'll start to think about how that applies to you, maybe what you'd like to let go of in your life, so a ritual to release, and maybe other things that you'd like to bring in. I'd like to welcome you to the Practically Spiritual Show, where we take a practical approach to spirituality and create our own personal spiritual path. Welcome to the Practically Spiritual Show. Together we will learn, laugh, and grow. Break indoctrination, rise above our nation, and so Welcome to the Practically Spiritual Show. Rituals are such a cool and exciting topic, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's more than one, okay, there's going to be more than one episode on this over the time that um, that I make this show, because I don't plan on going anywhere. Yay. But I want to start by defining the word ritual. So I'm going to define the word as an action or set of actions when combined with intention, have more meaning than they have on their own. That's keeping it pretty simple, right? So there's a lot of elements to a ritual. There's profound, important societal rituals. And there's everyday little things like making your cup of tea in the morning, right? So it's a huge, broad topic. I'm really excited to dive into it today because I think starting to recognize what rituals are for other people and not for you and start to take elements from rituals that you appreciate and want to use. And then some you just flat out will invent your own. And all of them are equally as powerful and important on your spiritual path. Any action that you take, mundane to profound, when you inject intention, it can become powerful for you. We've all been through experiences where we needed to say something to somebody, right? If you have intention behind it and you need for it to mean something, both you and the recipient of the words recognize the difference. Intention is extraordinarily important. Why do we use rituals? Well, we use rituals for a lot of things. One thing that we use them for is to provide a sense of comfort and calm in our lives. So those are like you brush your teeth and put on pajamas. You Maybe you dim the lights before you go to bed. Maybe you make sure that you say I love you to the people that matter to you. You cuddle your pet. There's all kinds of things that go into comforting rituals. I know when I'm feeling stressed out, I like to make myself a cup of tea. And there's all kinds of steps that go into that, right? Put the kettle on, rinse out the teapot, get the new tea bag, doctor my cup the way I want it. All these things go together. And by the time I take that first sip, I've already had this whole series of movements and actions that were intended to help me calm down. 
Other areas that we use rituals are to welcome somebody into our community. And you can think of so many ways that we do that. I mean, how many steps do teachers do for back to school night? They want children and students to feel welcome. The end of the year similarly has its own set of rituals. We have pairing rituals like getting married or the first day on a new job where you fill out all that paperwork. And a lot of the time, they'll even have donuts for you. It's just funny how the same elements show up in all of the rituals that we take for granted. We have conclusion or dissolving rituals, right? We have the graduation from school. I think that gives you an idea of the very broad range of what I'm talking about. There's so many rituals. It's funny as Americans, we often think, oh, we don't have any culture. We're just these lost people that don't really have a culture. But if you look at a calendar, we have a holiday almost every single month of the year. I think September is the only one that I noticed that doesn't really have a holiday, but it is back to school time. So the same aisles that have Christmas and Easter and Valentine's Day have back to school stuff. So it's kind of a funny ritual. It's worth exploring, diving into just how many rituals we have that we're not even aware of and how we can devise rituals for ourselves to accomplish certain things in our lives because rituals bring about a shift, a paradigm shift, a shift in our reality. For example, there really is no big difference between your last day of class and the day after graduation, there is something really meaningful about getting dressed up in the cap and gown, having your family sit in the audience, playing the music, hearing your name called, receiving that certificate. A lot of the time, the certificate that you receive isn't even official. It's ceremonial. But it has that weight, that gravitas. It gives you the experience of feeling that you have made that journey, you have completed the task. I think it would be really interesting to explore rituals and ceremonies that we can create for ourselves that help us take one part of our lives, honor the experience, and put it in our past, as well as welcome new experiences into our lives. And I promise that I will definitely do that in future installments. But today we're going to look at the elements of a ritual and how we can use those in any ritual or ceremony that we decide we want to create for our own lives. Let's start with the elements of a ritual. I'm going to start with what you see, the visual, color, scale. Are you in a building or are you outside? Do you have a fire burning so you have that bright light, or is it dim with candles? If you think about a church, when you walk into a church, the scale really informs a lot of your experience of the church. I've been to the California Redwoods many times, and those giant trees make me feel so small. I actually had the same feeling visiting cathedrals. Because the scale is similar, and you feel like this tiny person at the bottom of something giant. And that has a few different elements, right? Because as children, many of us felt cared for. We felt safe. It brings about that kind of feeling. But it also gives you that feeling of just being this tiny 
element in the greater scheme of things. It's very powerful. So where the ritual takes place, the ceremony takes place, is it a a little church or is it a a glade in the forest where you're surrounded by trees so you feel very sequestered and, and cozy? So sight is very important. We decorate for birthday parties, don't we? We hang bunting. We put up balloons. We have certain elements that you see that tell you what the ceremony or ritual you are participating in means. Another element is sound. Going back to the cathedrals, that the massive organs that could vibrate right through your body, so big. As a matter of fact, uh, it's popular in Contemporary Christian churches to have rock and roll bands that play loud music and boom, 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 boom. You can feel it in your body. That actually harkens back to me to drums because a lot of ceremonies and rituals have used drums historically in the human experience. And I think that ties into that music that we like to hear. You can have a ritual at the beach. My friends and I used to go to the river in Coloma, California on the full moon and have drumming rituals. And the sound of the river rushing by combined with the drums is very, very powerful. There's something about just being at the ocean for me, that rhythmic sound of the ocean. It's very calming. To sit and let that wash over you can be a small ritual in itself. Chants are often used in rituals and other words. Sometimes we repeat words together. In marriage, vows are exchanged. That's an important part. Going back to graduation, the head of the school congratulating the person and moving the little tassel across their head. Words are exchanged. Your name is called These are important parts of the ritual. Dressing up in special clothing is also an element of rituals that we see repeated again and again. (laughs) Let's think about the wedding dress. I mean, is it still a wedding if she's not wearing a beautiful white gown? Of course, people choose different colors. But what the bride wears and the groom as well is an important element of the wedding. Putting on the cap and gown for graduation. I personally absolutely loved getting my brand new Easter dress every year. I remember girls at church wearing yellow dresses. I always wanted a yellow dress, but because I have a bit of Italian heritage, it tends to make me look kind of green. So I always got pink or some other pretty color, Mary Jane shoes, and even gloves. Yeah, I'm old enough to actually have received a, a couple pair of gloves for Easter service. And, and that was an important part of it. As we start to think about creating our own rituals and ceremonies. Think about what color means to you. Traditionally, we have newborn babies wearing little white gowns. Even boys in our Western culture still often wear a christening gown when they're baptized. And that white represents purity. So what does color mean to you? What color would you bring into a ritual for yourself? This is in no way an exhaustive list of all the elements that you can have at a ritual or ceremony, but these are the ones that come to mind for me. The last one I'd like to talk about is scent. I remember growing up Catholic and high mass days meant incense, and I always really loved the way that smelled. 
fire, the candles burning have a very distinct scent as well. If you've ever gone to a Catholic church where they have the candles that you can light for loved ones, those have a distinctive smell as well. Flowers. I mean, what church doesn't have flowers on special holidays? Some of my most profound personal rituals have been in the woods. There's just something about especially California redwood trees that transport me, for lack of a better word. Standing at the base of a California redwood, smelling the trees and the distinctive scent of the floor underneath them, the understory, all the little plants. There's just extra oxygen. Also, those giant trees with their redwood bark absorb sound. So there's a distinctive um, quiet in a redwood forest. We're often sold religion as this monolith, as this package deal, when in reality, all of the rituals and ceremonies, almost without exception, that you see in any given modern church was adopted from former religions. It's incredibly frustrating for me to live in the United States around the holiday season because Christians that I interact with on a regular basis honestly believe that their rituals, their symbols of the holiday are Christian in origin. If you've done any research into Christmas tree, caroling, the meals, the gift giving, all of that stuff was taken directly from pagan traditions. When they couldn't force the pagans to give up their traditions, they just changed the name. And now, several hundred years later, they get really angry if you call it a holiday tree, when in reality, it wasn't a Christmas tree to begin with. So taking what already exists and using it for your own ritual and ceremony is something that has gone on from the beginning of humanity. By way of example, getting married as far as having a certificate and having a formal wedding and all of that stuff, it really made no sense for my partner and I. We already had our children. They were grown up. I had no intention of changing my name again. And legally, it just didn't benefit us to go ahead and get married. And we're definitely not religious. There was just no reason to do it. But just like the graduate that walked across the stage and received the certificate, even though that person is no more graduated than they were when they completed their coursework, There's something important about walking across that stage and doing the ritual that says, I have completed this. And I craved that same kind of ritual with my partner when we made our commitment to one another. We were living in California, so we drove to the California coast and we had ourselves our own little ceremony. We made promises to each other. We exchanged presents. And I really thought that was all we were going to be borrowing from the ceremony of marriage. However, while we were finishing our commitment ceremony, finishing saying what we have to say to each other, a band got kicked out of their apartment where they were practicing and came across the street to where we were sitting by the beach. And and they started setting up and playing. After a while, one of them looked at me and said, hey, are we bothering you guys? And um, I don't remember which one of us told him, but we said, oh, we just had a commitment ceremony like 
a wedding. So you're kind of our wedding band. And they got so into it that they came up with the song that they could play for our first dance. It really made the evening for us. It made the ritual special. We had music, right? That's another element that we were talking about. I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, I needed a ritual for me to feel that special bond with my partner because rituals matter, because rituals give us a shift in our thinking about a subject. So I hope that you start looking at different areas of your life and thinking, well, for instance, if something's been bothering you for a long time, you've had a job that that really wasn't working and you're finally leaving, Think of a ritual that you can do for yourself to mark the end of that, because it also probably will mark the beginning of something new for yourself. It's a way that you can purposefully shift your consciousness to complete one thing, begin another, or to acknowledge something that you've been working on that is finally completed. Or maybe you are ushering something new into your life and you want to celebrate the beginning. Remember that all rituals that you participate in are for you. If you feel you're in something that's not for you, if you're invited to participate in a ritual and you feel like maybe a little disassociation, you're just feeling really weird about it, but you don't want to ruin it for other people, you can shift your own mindset to that of an observer. You can emotionally step out and still send love and support without being in the ritual yourself. And sometimes you may have to physically stand up and move yourself out a little bit, but you can do that without disrupting the experience for other people. This has been a really fun subject to explore. I hope you've enjoyed it. I really appreciate you listening. There's no point in doing this unless somebody's out there listening. And my intention is to share ideas that uplift and inspire and help you to have the spiritual practice that makes you feel fulfilled. If you think that this podcast would be helpful for somebody that you know, I would be so honored if you'd send them over. It's available on just about every streaming service. Um, And of course, you can find it on my website as well. If you are listening to it on a streaming service, if you would like it, if that's available, or subscribe, if that's an option, that would really help me get this out to other people and hopefully just help more people. I do have a website for The Practically Spiritual Show, and I also have one for my art, laurapalatin.com. I'm on Facebook and Instagram under both my name and The Practically Spiritual Show. I'm on TikTok under Laura Palatin Artist. And remember, there really is no them. There is only us. Thanks for listening to The Practically Spiritual Show. I mean it. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end. It means so much to me. I love you. See you next time. Bye-bye.